Hey everyone, this is Rich Redmond. You're listening to School of Hollywood. Welcome to the School of Hollywood. Hey, this is Steve Owens, and we're excited to have Rich here on the show. We're going to be talking about self-branding and the importance of it. But before we get started, please subscribe to the podcast, like it, and even leave a review. It would really make it great for us. All right, you ready? Let's get started with Rich on the School of Hollywood. Hi, this is Steve Owens with School of Hollywood, and I've got a good friend of mine who is a drummer, speaker, actor, producer, podcast host, Rich. I'm glad to have you in the house, buddy. Um, I mean, we first got to meet through a workshop that uh, was talking about marketing with a uh, Pitbull, Mr. Steven Snyder. We love Steven Snyder, man. He taught me how to cold read, man. And that's, yeah, that's where we connected, man. It's great to be here. It's great to see you. Well, it's great that you're on the um, the West Coast for a while. You're you're always active uh, out with uh, Jason Aldean, uh, just right. drumming away. I, I heard that you're considered to be the number one drummer in country. And you've racked up accolades after accolades. Tell us about some of those. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. There's just so many talented people in Nashville. They call it Music City, Music City, USA, the songwriting capital of the world. If you write songs, you will end up there. Um, but, you know, when I think about it, there's probably like 30, 35 just world class drummers that live there. that play on records and do tours and stuff. I mean, more than that. But the guys that you hear on the radio all the time, they're interchangeable. It's like you know, apples and bananas. It's like they're all going to get the job done. But it is so cool to be part of that culture. I've been in Nashville coming up on like 24 years and, and, you know, haven't missed a meal, been playing the drums, been playing with this young country rocker that I met in 1999, Jason Aldean. And we're, yeah, been playing about 22 years together, same band, bunch of guys finishing, you know, each other's sentences. And it's, it's, it's pretty powerful, pretty fun. Well, the tours and the stadiums, you're playing stadiums. You're not just playing like little bars. You got big crowds. Well, we started in the little bars. Yeah, we started, Steve, you know how it works in the music business. We uh, we started playing for those five drunks. And, you know, if you treat those that that small venue like Madison Square Garden, you will eventually make it to Madison Square Garden, which we did. And we did like crazy things like play two nights at Fenway Park. And our claim to fame is that Fenway Park in its history has never run out of beer until a Jason Aldean concert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how many cases did you go through that night? <laughs> uh, that's right. No, we're, yeah, we're more of kind of like a whiskey band. Uh, and Jason's got his own whiskey now, which is, which is Wolf Moon whiskey, which is Oh, great. cool. So yeah. you've got 20 years relationship with Jason. What have you personally learned from him as being a musician? Well, just, you know, he's so comfortable in his own skin. You know, it's, it's not, it wasn't a thing where he needed media training. It was just like, he, he's just, what you see is what you get. And all the guys in the band are like that. They're just like very approachable, fun loving guys. They know when to take, they know how to read a room. They know when to take care of business. And it's just awesome. Like I tell everybody, like we have a relationship that's steeped in blood and sweat and tears and a lot of diesel fuel. And we have seen all of America that is in between New York and LA. And, and, and that's kind of like, you know, the tales of the heartland. It's, it's, it's kind of like an update of the Mellencamp sound. So you've got like, some some folk sensibilities and some great storytelling and then you you got an earwig melody that soccer moms love and can't forget and then you got a big beat and big guitar so it's a cool thing it really is and watching you drum with jason in, on some youtube videos uh you're more like led zeppelin and metallica on a country band i'm like you're just beating those drums away have you seen the <laughs> big transition in the way country has gone well, sure. I mean, when I moved to Nashville in 97, we were still kind of in that 90s country. The, the drums were getting hotter. You know, Shania was pu 
poking through. There was some of that, you know, Mutt Lang was coming in with his Def Leppard and ACDC sensibilities. So the drums kept getting louder and louder, but it's always going to come down to that three chords and the truth and telling a story. And, 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 you know, I earned my supper as a drummer by figuring out how to create my little Mona Lisa moments um, without affecting the ability of the song to become a hit and be on the radio. So just finding those little moments that, so that I could paint within the lines, but still maybe leave my little mark. I mean, the greatest compliment I could ever get is when someone, whether the musician or not says, I heard this new song on the radio really sounds like you. Is that you playing the drums? I'm like, yes, that's great. Thanks, man. You know, well, you actually also went off and played with uh, two of my favorites, uh, Bob Seeger and Brian Adams. And I actually got a platinum for, for Bob Seeger on Against the Wind. Yeah. But did you get to play uh, Rambling Gambling Man in concert? I didn't get to do that. We did a we did a um, we did a crossroads TV special for Viacom. And so it's like where each artist gets to sing some of the other person's music. And so really, my claim to fame is. Bob came in, firm handshake, looked everybody in the eyes, knew everyone's name. He's like, man, I'm a fan of this music. And he sang on a lot of Al Dean songs. And then, you know, vice versa. It was a really cool thing. So uh, it was like both bands were there sharing the stage. And he was just a really nice guy. That's what I've learned over the years is the most of the people that that are successful and have the staying power, they truly are down to earth people, comfortable in their skin. And they don't forget that basic stuff that we learn in kindergarten. You know, um, they don't let the success go to their head. And Bob is one of those guys. He's kind of like, and I think he's in the B club. I think he's a billionaire from his intellectual property. I mean, you write a song like, like a rock, <laughs> you're going to do pretty well. Yeah. The payoff from Chevy. Um, <laughs> and what's funny is Brian Adams actually was the very first interview I ever did when I was back in radio and, oh, wow. and he's always been one of my favorites. Uh, the drum sound on that and the guitars are what made his records. The cuts like a knife and run oh, to yeah. you, uh, classic records. Uh, uh, but you've also worked with a lot of other pop artists as well. Can you name a couple of them and, and a few rappers too? Yeah. Most of these things that I have to say that I, <sighs> a lot of the, the, the people that I work with are from my relationship with Jason Aldean. It's like, you know, everybody asks me, they're like, Hey, what's the goal in the music business? Well, I said, like, if you're a sideman musician, your goal is to get a job with somebody and have that job become a 20, 30, 35 year job. And we're looking at, uh, you know, we've been together 21 years and I know we're going to go another 10, you know? So, um, but it's good. No, like uh, we did some Grammy, uh, pre-concerts and some CMTs and ACM things with Ludacris. That was really fun. He's just a nice guy. I think on one of the shows, we took out two of the verses of our hit Dirt Road Anthem and Chris, Ludacris, uh, rapped on it. So it was really cool, you know, to play along with the 808 kicks and the trap hats and all that kind of stuff. So Kelly Clarkson, amazing gals, totally approachable. I mean, we did a show together. I think we did American Idol. And then afterwards, we went to the the brand mall there in Glendale and polished off some chips and salsa, just a nice gal. And it could sing anything, you know, what, what's the real big difference between the drum beats from hip hop country and pop? Well, the, the, the commonality there is that there's a backbeat. And so, you know, if you are clapping your hands, hopefully on two and four and not on one and three, um, you are 
clapping along to the backbeat and the backbeat is what makes popular music go around. And even if the, the songs are in a different language, I've played in, you know, Greek bands, I've played in South American bands and the music, the beat, the rhythm is that it's, it transcends language and cultural barriers. It really is an amazing thing. You can play a rock beat anywhere in the world and people are going to start tapping their foot. You, you've been hired as a session drummer. Usually how many takes does it take on a record? And does it take more time setting up your drum set than it does to actually record your tracks? That's an awesome question. Um, and how many licks does it take to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop? Um, well, there's, you know, there's such a different, uh, in all the different music cities, there's a different culture and there's a different expectation of the recording process. What I love about Nashville is that there's still eight, nine guys on the studio floor at the same time. So a set of acoustic drums, bass player, two electric guitars, acoustic player, keyboard player, and a steel guitar player. And then the singer, the artist, their posse, the engineers, the publisher, everybody behind the glass, but everyone is on the studio floor at the same time, like the old Motown days. And typically the way we do recording sessions, uh, at least for all the Aldine records has been, Recording sessions are three hours and we do two songs every three hours. So we have 90 minutes of song. So that's from hearing it for the first time. The paper goes out with the Nashville number chart. We run it down. Usually we'll discuss the tempo, the arrangement, the ending and the key. And then we might do it again. Usually it's the second tape, sometimes the third. And so the, the hot seat is the drum seat because you got to get that track because everybody wants to layer their mando and their bazooki and they want to make another solo pass on the guitar. And, and then sometimes, you know, I'll overdub a tambourine or shakers or bongos or something. And sometimes it's a whole other recording session. I love when it becomes a whole other recording session because then the union stipulation says, I'm by myself with the engineer and Pro Tools, so I get double scale. So sometimes I make more rattling a tambourine than I do playing a full set of drums. Wow, I need to start playing tambourine. <laughs> right? You know, that's that, that extra income in there. Is there a go-to brand for drums for you? Yeah, I've been playing DW Drums, which is really the American dream. They're born here in a garage in Southern California in 1971. And um, right around the time my boss was on the cover of Bill magazine and I had one country drummer of the year for the first time I made a switch over to DW drums and they're amazing and they're they're so supportive they don't leave any rock unturned they are always pushing the limit expanding technology and they believe in me as a recording artist as a touring musician and as an educator and so they're just the best I'll be there until I'm in the dirt how many microphones do you have to have set up when you're out playing live on your drum sets also, um, kick in, kick out, snare top, snare bottom, hat, toms on the top, and I use three toms, and then we have a ride cymbal mic, and then we have two overheads for the, for the front of the kit, and then like a, a behind the kit microphone that kind of picks up the, the, the presence, the, the full spectrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've got more microphones than anybody else on stage. <laughs> gotta love that yeah no it's well good. i know you got a book on amazon the fundamentals of drumming for kids i read part of the book online obviously and do you think i could start playing like uh drums on the weekends record after finishing it 
You, I mean, you could definitely play like a five-year-old. I mean, it's it's so funny. The the book is 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 targeted for ages five to ten, and the reason that happened was I my co-author reached out to me years ago. This is probably a decade now, and he said I want to teach my son the drums, but I really don't feel like there's a lot of great material on the market. And this young man, Michael Albrecht, had already written ten books on the Civil War and baseball, and he knew how to get a book over the finish line. So we collaborated, and it's basically just a fun way for kids to learn about the history of rhythm. The they learn about famous drummers they can there's coloring pages and and cards where they can um like label the parts of the drum set they learn about note values and then before you know it we skip the rudiments i show them how to hold the drumstick so they can get a good sound and we get them right on the kit and we teach them how to read music and play beats that can be used in anything from like abba to zappa and then if we hook them and they love that process then we can always go back and get them studying that old classical pedagogy of here's the flam and here's the rough and and we lose a lot of kids that way so i kind of flipped the the teaching methodology on its head fabulous and i know i i've started in the music theory course and you know obviously i've been done quite a bit in the music business sure and i just every course that i've started on music theory i'm bored <laughs> i just cannot get through those courses yeah you know, it's like, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can somebody just make it easy? Yeah. You know, uh, there's a new course for you there, Rich. Well, there's, you, I mean, there's some of the greatest music ever written. It only has three chords. And so, yep. you know. Yeah, actually, one of my favorites is the four chords uh, for the pop pop, pop sound from the Beatles to uh, Ed Sheeran to Lady Gaga to... Uh, yeah. No, you got to have uh, one minor chord to express sadness or loss. And then you're off to the races. Exactly. So you have a crash course for success, a book and a course. Yeah. And um, watching your video that you have online, you have these execs come to a workshop that you present. They have no drumming experience. And in the beginning, a lot of them are scared uh, to beat the drums, like they're going to break it or something. And by the time you're you're finishing it, they're just beating the hell out of the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so those are, that's probably my drummer's weekend. So like I made a thing, I had drummer's weekend Nashville, drummer's weekend LA, and it was just a fun thing where for 72 hours, the kids just, they had tons of door prizes rained on them and I had beautiful catered meals and they rode around in limos, just this white glove pre-COVID experience. And I would just have the greatest drummers in the world come in like Liberty DeVito from Billy Joel's band and Kenny Aronoff from Mellencamp's band. And I'd have my buddy Mark from Pink's band and they come in and they get to soak up all these guys their, 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 their funk, their musk, their essence, you know, they get to soak it up and they get to hang with these people. And then in addition, I have like my crash course motivational event is, is, is essentially a keynote speech that, that features the drums and the drums are a great way to break the ice. Cause it's man's first instrument. We tap into it in our DNA and I go and it's, I call it the power hour. So it's one hour of edutainment that I share kind of insights with corporate America. So folks like Cisco and Hewlett Packard and Presidio and Hard Rock Hotels, you know, big fortune 500 companies and their employees, they could be like brand new hires or they could be the top performers or a mix of those. And I tell people it's like if uh, Jerry Lewis was doing lunch with Tony Robbins, who brought his friend Animal from the Muppets around that's my keynote speech. So there's powerful educational takeaways. There's storytelling, there's humor, and then there's a lot of higher energy drumming. We ask a question of every guest and, and what kind of lesson would you like to teach somebody in Hollywood uh, for their career? Oh, as far as like a drum lesson? 
a drum lesson or it could be just an experience on the road. Um, anything that you feel that uh, you'd like to pass on hmm. to somebody? Yeah, that's a good question. I think just if, if it was going to be a common goal or a common um, life hack that people can use in any career path or any season of their life, I would say to show up, you know, show up with a, you know, with a smile on your face, be over-prepared. Our reputation precedes us um, continually and constantly exceed expectations. And I think, you know, when you show up and you have a firm handshake and you have a smile on your face, you're grateful to be there. You've done the homework or you're prepared. You can take direction from people without being offended you're going to have a leg up from the competition. And if you run your business like a business, like most creatives, they only use one side of their brain. They're handicapped as business people. They're horrible entrepreneurs. And if they could just read some books on professional development and return emails and texts and DMs and phone calls in a timely manner and in use like marketing materials that are free on the internet, it's called social media. You're going to be able to set yourself apart from, from the masses. Talking to agents and it seems to be one of the problems is that, you know, once somebody signs with the agent who, and they're new, it's like, uh, well, I don't have to work anymore. I don't have to. And, and that's not the case. It's 80% is still your responsibility. I mean, the agents got uh, you know, way more clients than just you. So that 80%, you should be doing a lot of the heavy lifting, you know, and I think what we can expect hopefully from an agent is there, I would love them to have a deep, deep Rolodex and be able to open doors that I can't open because if you crack the door for me, I will kick it open. And I, my way of saying thank you is to be overprepared and do a great job. How has the business changed for you on a day-to-day basis with the pandemic? Well, I tell people a lot of times that you as a creative should have about 10 revenue streams. And so I'm not a genius or anything. I'm not the first person to think about this, but I've always thought to myself, well, I'm a touring musician. I'm a recording musician in two major music markets. I have my own studio that I do tracks for people from around the world. I have online training products. I have signature products. I do career consultations and online drum lessons. There's a lot of stuff that is online. And even my speaking business where people are flying me around and renting a drum set and I come running out and I got the dry ice and it's so fun and sexy. Now I'm doing these things with this microphone or a lapel mic with my jacket set up and my ring light. And I am screaming at motivational takeaways into this little blue light on the camera. So, so that's all changed. I mean, in, a, in less than a year, a lot of revenue streams have either changed or died. So, you know, if you have 10 revenue streams in the creative arts um, and six go away and you still have four, that's pretty good. But I think the days of, of, you know, saying I'm a recording drummer, I'm a producer, I'm a songwriter. No, we're all we're all kind of doing all of those things now. And the more that we can speak to those things and be not only a jack of all trades, master of none, but a jack of all trades, master of all. You know, I mean, if I get an acting job, I'm getting my coach, I'm getting my look together, I'm getting, I'm doing my couch time, I'm preparing. If I get a VO job, I'm not done until that the client is completely happy. If I someone trusts me with their song, I'm going to bleed all of my 44 years of experience into that song until that person is completely happy. And then you know what happens? Whoever hires me, they go, wow, and they tell a friend. And that's the best marketing you can ever have is the word of mouth. You actually do an incredible job of self-marketing. In your emails that you send out, you have about uh, 
10 different links. I've got my demo reel. I've got my drumming reel. I got my book link. Uh, you're, every email that goes out, you're, you're branding yourself. And what's really interesting is I get, I get about a hundred emails and I would say 50% of them don't include a headshot of who they are and their actors. It's like, okay, they, they don't put their IMDB in there. Uh, they, they send say, go to this Google drive. Oh, they don't even want to click on the links that are in the email, Stephen. So we're taking a chance there. You're like, it's there. Will they actually do it? I don't know. But in case they're overachievers or that one day that I, you know, at the beginning of COVID, I went on IMDb and I looked and I sent a bunch of cold emails to a bunch of film producers that were producing and directing films that are currently in production. And I was, it was just a stock email with my, with my links and my resume and all that. And I probably got about 12 responses with people that had me audition for their indie film and stuff. And so it's like just being kind of forward thinking like that and just kind of putting yourself out there. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? They're going to say no, but I already fell in love with the word. No, I mean, I fell in the word with the world that 30 years ago. Yeah. I've actually changed my, my out based on what I'm doing. It's, you know, for, for years, it was like, just submit, 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 and not being an agent. And, you know, I'm a talent manager. And so I've, I've gone to the point where I'm finding different producers, whether it be on Clubhouse, on IMDb, uh, from Connections, whatnot. And, and I do probably three Zooms a day with, with producers and getting right to the source of where the jobs are coming from and finding out what their needs are. And then I've had done the same thing with casting directors, not when they're doing a project that they're getting 5,000 submissions on that they're all complaining about, um, you know, trying <laughs> to go through. I don't know how they get through 5,000. I mean, why, why, why have 5,000? Yeah. That's a you lot. Know, and, and let's face it, coming through 900, well, I'd be bored. I mean, after 900, if somebody's saying a, a two line, you know, part, the ships are here. I mean, how are you going to tell the difference? I mean, you're probably going pure on pure looks and essence. Yep. Yeah. And also the, uh, you know, one thing I try to advise people on is that, uh, if you get an audition today, don't wait till next Friday when it says the deadline. Get it done as soon as possible because they're going to come across the person that they like and that job is going to be gone. And then you're going to send it in and it's, oh, I didn't get a call back. I didn't get any kind of feedback on it. You know, yeah. you got to be proactive because producers also want to see that somebody wants the job. And if you're waiting a week to do it, you don't want the job. Yeah, sometimes I don't have my reader, you know, I like, you know, it was never a problem with co- like pre-COVID, but in COVID, if you don't have your reader with you, it's, it's so it's like, I was like, hey, sweetie, can you read with me tonight? She's like, oh, again, but we got it down to a science now. So tell me what's happening with your acting career. Well, I'm excited, man. I, um, I did so many auditions this year. Um, you know, the jobs that I have gotten, the little horror films that I did on Netflix and the playing a cop with Chris Maloney on sci-fi, those were all literally like handshake phone calls of people were like, you're playing this part. I didn't have to audition. That's what I prefer. I would love to have an acting career based on that. Now, this, but I still do all the auditions and I'm ex- really excited about hosting and commercial acting because I did seven months studying with Leslie Kahn here in Los Angeles. And a lot of my classmates were like, man, you got such a good look for the commercial thing. And you're already like a salesman type, you know, I mean, that's kind of like one of your essences. So you should go for that. And then the hosting thing is like, you know, I have my own podcast and I mediate and I do the speak 
speaking. And so that is so comfortable for me. So now I have this great um, agency, Taylor Talent Services, Blair uh, Taylor, who's had the agency for such a long time and has repped some huge hosts. And then I'm studying with Shannon O'Dowd. And Shannon is like kind of like the new hosting authority teacher, I think, in L.A. She's teaching a lot of people and even people that need to come in like Jason Kennedy from E will come in and get tuned up with her every six months or so. And she's just very knowledgeable about the hosting game. I, I love it. So any final advice for uh, actors or, or musicians that you'd like to give? I think that we're just in a, in a, in a great time where um, I'm doing a little teaching now over at the Musicians Institute in Hollywood. And I tell my students, I'm like, look, at there's no excuse nowadays for you not to be world-class at what you do because there's so many resources, you know, like on YouTube and podcasts and books that you can download to your iPad or your Kindle. And if you're living in a great market like Los Angeles or Nashville, it's like the greatest people that do what you want to do are right here. And literally some of the best guests I've ever gotten for my podcast have been from reaching out on Instagram, like Peter Stormare, you know, he's been working for 35 years. I sent him a direct message on Instagram. He's like, love to be on your show. It's like these people, they put their pants on one leg at a time. They pay taxes. Some of them even poop. And that's how I stay grounded, you know, with, with, uh, with celebrities. It's like, these people are just regular people, but it's, uh, I think just the, the idea of continuing education, continuing every day to somehow improve, um, on your, at your craft and move the ball down the field. And so what's the name of your podcast where people can find it? It's the Rich Redmond Show, and it's on all platforms on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, and everyone's favorite, Apple Podcasts. Where can people find you on social media? Well, richredmond.com is a great hub for all things that I do. And if you're a musician out there, you can go to the shop page. And I literally have 10 free books of transcriptions of every Jason Aldean drum track I've ever recorded, completely transcribed every crash symbol, every hi-hat opening. And it's just a fun thing. And that's my gift to the universe. Um, but as far as on the socials, it's just my name, Rich Redmond, R-E-D-M-O-N-D. All the crazy kids are on Instagram. So I spend most of my time there. Um, and, but my YouTube channel, there's 600 free videos that you can check out there. Fantastic. Rich, I appreciate you being on today and it's always a pleasure to catch up with you. And it's been I'm, way too long. I'm glad, glad you're doing well, man. Yeah. yeah. And I, I can't wait to see you once we can put the mask off and, and, and enjoy some, some cocktails again together. It's like kiss unmasked. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the school of Hollywood. I'm Steve Owens. And I'd like to ask a big favor of you, and that is to like the podcast, subscribe, and tell your friends about it. Have an incredible week, and don't forget to follow your dreams, because nobody can stop them. <laughs>